It is exactly 8.44. This is Metro FM Talk. Uh, do continue sending us your messages at Metro FM SA. Hashtag is Metro FM Talk. Now, under the microscope today, we are focusing on the work of Dr. Tabiseng Muleko. Uh, Dr. Tabiseng of the University of Stellenbosch is a multidimensional, a multidimensional woman, a true achiever in every sense of the word. She's a lecturer, a researcher, a poet, a commissioner. She completed her PhD in development finance from Stellenbosch University earlier this year, making her the very first woman in South Africa to have a doctor of philosophy in development finance. Now, uh, that's a, a title of the, the PhD is Pension Fund Reform Towards the Development of National Economy. So that really is a, a very pertinent issue and, and one that South Africa is is grappling with right now, the reform of the pension industry and how can we ensure um, that it is developed and really yields the results that it ought to for its eventual beneficiaries. Uh, she joins us now on the line. A very good evening to you, Dr. Ntabisek. Oh, wow. Thank you. What a mouthful. Um, thank you so much for having me. And, and, and I'm sure you are one of those people because you're so accomplished. When you hear your, your, your bio being read and people are saying all these amazing things, you've got to almost take a double take. It's like, is that me really? Did I do all of that? Do you have those experiences? It's great. I want to be honest with you. It's great. It's the grace of God. I cannot have done all these things on my own strength. But it is weird. I must be honest. When It's almost like you want to fast forward and let's just get to the point where I have to not talk. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very, very humbled by the intro. Um, but thank you very much. Thank you very much. But the work is ahead of us now. I mean, let me also add the fact that you lecture managerial economics and statistics at the university. <laughs> I'm the one lecturer that students love to hate because of stats. I'm the one that stands between them finishing their MBA and um, and not getting it usually. Um, but I usually have a good relationship with them. I, I teach part-time at the business school. Oh, um, but said- it's a really good journey because you can influence young minds I or mean- rather... Mind, yeah, you know, and I was just saying that you really yield a lot of influence and, and a lot of power. But what is it that attracted you to this title, uh, you know, for your PhD? Why this particular area of study? So, so capital markets are critical in South Africa's financial sector development, or rather, um, how you use financial sector development for um, the advancement of growth. So I've always pondered. I used to work in asset management space, and my problem was why we have so much money but we can't use it for development in the quantum that we need it for. So it was always a problem statement for me, and I worked in a think tank, policy research space, and development space, and um, the issue that really occurred was there was lack of capital. So having worked in the space where there was massive assets and capital, and then on the other side where there's projects, but there's lack of finance, and then I problematized it, and I went to do a PhD in development finance, and I realized there's actually significant um, resource in the country, but you have to channel it through certain ways. But I had to undergo research now. So in my discussion with my supervisor, we actually realized that pension funds is a discussion, a topic of um, area that no one has really looked at from an empirical way. And then we realized that using it for national development, but how? And so this is what the, the research then investigates and uh, looks at. Mm. And, and I guess your research really does touch on the current debate that we're having in the country on, on whether government could use our pension for developmental purposes. What are your thoughts on this? Number one, I think um, let's not be scared of it. I think uh, the big issue is the issue of risk and mismanagement. 
What you're talking about here is use of pension funds for national development, but there must be an asset class that is created, similar to equity, similar to bonds, similar to all the other type of asset classes that exist. You can create an infrastructure asset class, which is what I propose in my research, that is used for development. So there's governance, there's special purpose vehicles, there's cash flows, there's projections in these asset classes, and there is clear separation from politics to these mechanisms. So you don't necessarily have kind of a gray area. So that's number one. So you actually have an asset class. But in terms of the question, um, Tammy, I totally support it. Australia, Canada, the U.S., I won't even mention the Brazilian or the um, South American economies, Latin American economies that have used their own savings. Because pension funds is primarily savings. is money that we've set aside as countries. But then we say, where can we get return on investment? Can we, if we use it for national development, also ensure that there's some kind of a return in terms of the investment? Of course there is, but it's in how you package this and it's in how you um, structure your capital market so that you create incentives so that this can happen. And then you also need project planning capabilities and strong project management skills and competencies that you'd have to build within this space. Just like you did when you created equities when they didn't exist. Just like you did when you created bonds and derivatives trading. You can do the very same with an infrastructure asset class. So I 100% support it, but the question is always how it's done. And I think that's now where the critical area is. But I think the research, what it shows, is that pension funds have led to growth transitioning through or channeled through um, what we call the capital markets, um, primarily through your equities and not through your bonds. I did empirical um, analysis looking at um, all the channels, savings, uh, looking at a capital market, looking at governance as well, and then uh, measuring that. And I also did a study on the PIC in, in, in that same um, dissertation. But there's certain incentives and patterns, and you have to look at the whole socioeconomic and the ecosystem of pension funds. You can't look at it unilaterally, just institutionally and regulation. Mm. So you have to look at incentives as well that drive behavior. So, so let's, let me find out, where can one actually access your, your PhD um, uh, a thesis and paper? Oh, okay. So it's online freely. Um, if you have access to any university um, university um, dissertation, there's a, the learning library system. So you just type my name, Ntabi Muliko, and then you type Tension Fund Reform, South Africa Case for National Development, and then it would um, automatically spring up. So okay. it's, 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 they have a library service for all masters and also PhD dissertations. They're logged, and you can actually just Google anyone. Well, that's, that's brilliant. Gone to the South you know, yeah. so, so anybody who is listening, and if you are interested at all in the prescribed assets uh, debate that is raging in the country, perhaps do visit the University of Stellenbosch and do type in Dr. Ntabiseng Moleko and her, her PhD paper, Pension Fund Reform, uh, should make for some interesting reading. We do continue our conversation with her just after this commercial break. This is Metro FM Talk and under the microscope today we have Dr. Ntabiseng Moleko, lecturer at University of Stellenbosch. Now just before the break we were focusing on the issue of prescribed assets as well as the title of your PhD which is a pension fund reform towards the development of the national economy, a South African case study. Now in your research um, you're also saying that households in South Africa specifically haven't channeled their income to savings. Won't you talk to us about that? So um, what you find is that uh, we did an a empirical um, analysis of whether our savings have led to growth. 
But in order for us to do that, we have to firstly measure savings. So we looked at the current status of savings in the economy, and we found that, you know, in the last 30 years, our savings have declined. Um, we used to be at a high of almost 27%, but we've declined to almost less than half of that, 14% to 16 Our households are not saving. On average, you find that um, the average South African household saves about 11% of their income, which is in- inadequate for, sa- for pension savings or retirement. Um, but I think that's problematic on its own. But I think more so, um, we tried to see whether savings have had a positive impact on growth and there is a, is there a channel. So we use a, a method we call autoregressive distributive lag to try and measure this. Uh, we then further augmented it with some other methodology I won't go into, but we found that this was not the case. So our savings in most developing countries, why this is important, savings are important because if you don't save, um, the net effect of that is you have to borrow or have investments from other countries to buttress that gap. And uh, in South Africa, we, in comparison to other emerging markets, China, India, the Brazil, all those other economies have savings that are up to 36%, 48%, ours is at 14 So that tells you something, right, about the state of our mm-hmm. economy and our ability to also rely on external capital inflows, which are very volatile. So we subject a lot to these external forces. So savings is critical, but you've also got to look at the level of unemployment in the country and the level of income. So if you compare us to what we call the emerging markets, China specifically, the level of income in comparison to those, if you compare us between 1980 and now, their income has risen substantially in that same period. I won't go into the detail, but ours has not. So we really have to look at increasing income levels if we want to improve livelihoods and also employment levels, you will increase savings automatically because the proportion that goes into savings. But I think we need a savings culture because we consume um, most of our income instead of thinking of deferring our, our consumption. Mm. And, and I like the fact that you mentioned this this uh, triangle, the fact that you know savings are so linked to the issue of employment as well as linked to um, how much you actually earn the income. But I, I want yes. to talk about now the issue of the continent. I mean, as a scholar, you, you, you travel the world and, and you've done so and you've presented various papers. And, and one of the papers that you've presented in, in Switzerland was on how poverty could be reduced in Africa. Uh, won't you just mm. give us a, a couple of pointers as, as to what your, your propositions were there? So that was an interesting um, study. So they had a conference on um, poverty alleviation. It was in Switzerland, which is quite interesting. But I was there to present one of the outputs, which was I was looking at the PIC, um, the Public Investment Corporation, and I was looking at it from an institutional framework perspective and using a methodology there looking at how can we use our pension assets uh, in this manner. So the the, the outcome uh, was that you can do so, but you have to have regulatory enabler, enablers, and you also have to incentivize our asset managers in the sense that is there a mandate given to them by the trust or the trustees of that pension fund? Um, that's number one. And I think there is a mandate. But what you find is that the asset allocation to these sectors, uh, to infrastructure, or to what they call, or to alternative investments, I'd call it. Um, even though it's there, we don't even meet the maximum because what we get told is usually there's not projects or the projects that are being given are not viable or the number of projects in the pipeline um, is usually the problem. So I think we need to do a lot of work around that so that we projectize national development projects that are viable, 
that will have cash flows and ensure that if pensions invest together with the private sector in these projects, that there will be cash flows that they can capture and they are actually um, appropriated um, adequately in an SPV, which is separate um, from other type of government structures. Mm. Um, that's one. But then the others are usually around um, structural transformation of most economies, uh, making sure that your gains that you have in terms of development are felt in usually your rural areas and your peri-urban areas. In South Africa, there will be townships. Um, and uh, we don't have economic programs. Most of our economic uh, participants are actually marginalized. We're not part of the production economy. We're not part of the value chain of retail or of consumption or of food manufacturing of, of or of clothing. That, you know, Dr. Ntabi Seng, I'm, I'm sorry to, to stop here. I know you're right in the middle of it, but we only have a minute left. But I really okay. do want to touch on the other work that you do. You, you are the incarnation. And the work that you do in the fight against gender-based violence as well as your work with the, the Commission for Gender Equality. In, in a nutshell, uh, what do you do there and, and what is the mandate of the Commission? Um, so with the time we have, we basically have a mandate to monitor, to investigate, to research and to advance the cause. I think with GBV being the national crisis it is, we have a national response that we will probably share shortly with the nation. But we do several interventions in that regard. I'm a commissioner at the CGE, which is the Commission of Gender Equality, and um, it is there, I'm really there to advance this. And, I'm, I, and I, at different forums and platforms, we do this using specific tools and mechanisms. And we certainly will be inviting you back right here on Metro of M Talk uh, to, to further interrogate uh, not only your, your PhD paper, its outcomes, as, but also um, the very important work that you do at the Commission for Gender Equality. I did come across one of the articles that you wrote in a Women's Month uh, titled Slogans are, uh, Slogans are Not Enough to Fight mm. Gender-Based Violence in South Africa. And uh, hopefully at your next visit, we'll be able to get into this a whole <laughs> lot more. But uh, I thank you once again for your time tonight. It's been absolutely splendid. What a brain and inspiration you are. May you oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored. <laughs> well, thank thank you. you for joining us. The honor is all ours. That's a Dr. Ntabi Singh Muleko there from the University of Stellenbosch. Uh, as she said earlier on, you can access her PhD paper. Just visit uh, the University of Stellenbosch website, type her name in, Dr. Ntabi Singh Muleko, as well as the title of her PhD, which is Pension Fund Reform Towards the Development of National Economy, a South African case study. And that's how we wrap it up for this evening on Metro VM Talk. It's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you and interrogating the big business issues of the day. I'm Tamingo Beni, having sat in for Ayabong Atzawe. Give yourself a brilliant evening further. Good night.